Welcome back, listeners, to the Campbell's Gambles podcast, season two, episode eight. I was going to say one. I was going to say one. Episode eight, <laughs> Crowley's one. On refresh button, eh? Yeah, just that Windows refresh. Anyway, we need Crowley, a refresh. Yeah, I'm due for a... I'm in the paddock right now. Mother's got COVID, <laughs> Mother's got COVID so I've got seven days of self-isolation. So uh, if you see me in the news with Chappelle Corby in rehab, then you know why, because I'm going to the cycle ward. I'm absolutely... I don't know how these people do hotel quarantine, Blake. It's just ridiculous. 14 days. Have you done it yet? There's so much form to do, Jace. There's so many races this weekend. You can't you can't be running out of things to do at home. Surely. Yeah, no, no. There's Surely. Four I just like getting into the office, you know, and just, you know, having the desktops there and being in my safe space. And now I'm just like kind of in my bedroom. I've got like a PS4 there. I've got a TV there. There's too many distractions, you know. So on hermit crab um, mode. Yeah, a bit in hermit crab mode. So anyway, I've got the I've got the Manly Seagulls fucking training gear on now basically whatever you want to call it we're playing tonight so uh see how we go but uh sponsored by dabble this podcast if you haven't checked out dabble as we say every single podcast uh you're missing out deeply gravely fearly so uh check them out app store google play um and join the fun follow us at campbell's gambles the hong kong hero had another profitable night um on wednesday night and uh unfortunately thanks to my my own doing uh the facebook and instagram Followers didn't get to see it, but you never miss out on dabble, don't you, Blake? You do not, my friend. You do not. Yes. All right. Let's crack into last week's review. We'll start off with the high of the weekend. Juas. Juas. <laughs> this is the Australian Cup. You've picked this horse out from her first up run, so you must have been proud to see her not just win it, but absolutely bolting. Yeah, frothing. I was frothing. I was, I was in Melbourne on the weekend, as the listeners from last week would have known, and I was sitting in the most degenerate pub like small little corner pub in the middle of bloody nowhere watching this race screaming at the top of my lungs um when i tell you i screamed the fucking house down man it was insane but what a win i was yeah i couldn't believe it well i could believe it because i saw it coming but i still <laughs> still to this day i yeah yeah it baffles me but in hindsight, it's like, how the hell was she like seven or eight dollars? You know, it's just she put the rhyme on the wall first up, she and then second mm-hmm. up, like, you know, after seeing what she did the other day, you could almost argue she should have beat very elegant. So, uh, yeah, oh, it's like it's exactly what we said last week, and we both we both broke it down, I think, perfectly. And like, how often do you see a horse do that in, in any race, let alone like, like we said, the heavy track, every like just everything sort of lined up to say it's for her to suggest, you know, I'm going to run well and, and be very, very hard to beat on this day. And turned out that way. So well done. 10 out of 10 from Joshua Parr. Not often it goes to plan, but that absolutely went to plan pillar to post. Uh, other than that, huge result in the new market. I was, I don't know what, what, where was I? I was in the card. I was going to something somewhere, somehow. And I just heard um, what's him call it? Matt Hill just say rock and horse. I'm like, what the fuck is rock and horse? Was that in the race? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you won't believe me, but I was looking at some ratings and it oh, was. Oh, no, rated. no, shut up. I don't... <laughs> I'm not joking, you I'm actually not, I'm not pulling your leg. I, I, I mean, I wish I was on it. I can't I say it, I was. I know where this is going. Let me guess. Your, your ratings said rock and horse was a hope at a 120. It had it, it had it fastest ratings. Oh, you're kidding. And I thought, and I looked at, I said, who's this horse? I never heard of it. Looked at it and I, and I saw it was from New Zealand. I thought, nah, the ratings are probably just wrong because it's, you know, from New Zealand. <laughs> Damn. One Man. that went through your guard. That would have been a, an absolute fucking oh, full-time spewing. And the astrologist as well. I mentioned the astrologist last time mm. down the straight. I said, watch out. He's 91 bucks, but there's, you can, you could have worse. At ninety one bucks, and look what he's he's run bloody second. Produce that, yeah. You, I don't think we'll ever see a first four like that for a long time in a big oh, race like yeah. that. Just off its hits, it's like, yeah, just ridiculous. Anyway, other than that, Lighthouse won the Cornwall Classic and did so very impressively, scoring at Group One level for the American Met. Oh, that's the second time in three years. Conte Patiro did so for a 
Gay Waterhouse on the wet track at Rose Hill. So uh, what did you think of that race, Blake? Any any horses to follow out of it or the winner just too good? Um, promise of success was all right. I, that was that was my main my main hope in the race. And and she just, from barrier 13, ended up like right back dead last by a mile. And she worked home really well and finished fourth. So that was, that, like, I thought that was a decent run. Um, but like it, it was no real surprise i guess she she does it every time so whether or not you want to <laughs> whether or not you want to take much out of that run like she does it every time so she'll probably do the same next start but um overall i thought it was a good race um i saw a lot of people potting sbonr and i wouldn't be that like a three-year-old filly having her fifth start stepping up to this grade against the older horses and like yeah fair enough she had 50 kilos but like she could have 10 kilos be racing mm. against horses like this. Like it's, she's still the underdog and um, definitely didn't deserve favoritism. Easy to say in hindsight, but I think we agreed on that when we broke it down last week as well, Jason. So I, I still think she's, you know, extremely promising three-year-old. You just, you know, you, you always got to consider um, the fact that they're coming up against older horses. That's just usually what happens. They, they fail. Yeah. I want to take expat out of the race. I just want to quick make a quick mention for expat. She sat on speed, um, went along, led the race. She went 3.8 um, lengths faster to stand to the 600 metres. And she just left a bit of a sitting shot late. And I didn't think she was too well weighted in that race. She was carrying 54 kilos and obviously the winner was carrying 56. But um, I think she's a she stuck on well enough for me. She only lost by two and a half lengths. Um, and possibly going back on a firmer deck and possibly dropping back in distance too. I think she will be one that we can make some money on now that she's rock hard fit. She did win very well. Um, when was it? It was first up this preparation. So uh, I think expat going back down to a, a 1300 meter race at Rose Hill should be tough enough to beat. Um, let's move on to this week. We've got three races to cover at Rose Hill. So for our track conditions, weather and bias, weather is 22 degrees, with light showers, rails two meters out. Track is currently a soft seven. Uh, by race day, with the current conditions, um, and I don't think the showers will pose too much of an issue. We, we could get back to a soft six. Uh, judging from last week, Blake, do you reckon there's any track bias that will be carried over? Um, to be fair, last week it was it seemed pretty good. So uh, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say similar. Pretty fair. Yeah, yeah too easy. Too easy. We'll move into the you first break now. Yeah, I just second week this track's getting used. Might be a bit sloppier this week. Um, so you know, yeah, but that, you know, there's been less rain as well. So if it does yeah. dry out, I guess that kind of cancels it out. No. Yeah, it does. I, I don't know. We're just watching assess really. I yeah. just, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's too much of an obvious bias, especially on a big day like this, two meters out, mm. bit of, bit of, bit of bit of water in the track so yeah yeah so i think you bring up sort of a good point there as well like big rate like what do we got four group ones or five yeah. group ones at rose hill like if there's any horses that are capable of overcoming bias it's they're going to be yeah. running tomorrow so well, it's just not that these are big money races there's got to be genuine tempo in all of them even if they're on the speed map that says there isn't there'll be something that pops their hand up and yeah. goes forward so um with good horses you receive good honest tempos you, you don't yeah. see a little fucking you know, your races are muddy on a Sunday where they'll, they crawl along and then nothing makes ground on the back. They, these horses do go and generally every horse gets their chance other than a bit of pilot error from a few jockeys that we might have. <laughs> I'm we sure might. we'll be seeing a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, seen that a few times recently. But uh, anyway, we head to the George Rider, the first race we covered at Rose Hill. It's race seven over the 1500 metres, group one level. Uh, big news this afternoon, Mawunga has been scratched, uh, which is unfortunate because he was my selection this race. Um, which is left Forbidden Love, looking to make it three out of three. Um, not this preparation, but just three in a row here. And she's currently the $2.70 favourite with Dabble. She's drawn Barrier 2 if you've been on board. Are you, you were, you've never been with Forbidden Love this preparation. I was going to say you're sticking with Forbidden Love here, but um, are you jumping on, on ship now or are we going somewhere else? I, I think it's I think it's a bit late to personally i would have, i would have loved to have found her last the last two runs but i don't want to be you know third up third time trying to make it three in a row i should say geez spit it out um yeah I'd, i think it's a bit late now to be jumping on personally yourself oh i backed her first up um 
after she trialed really well behind Nature Strip and she came second to overpass, who obviously since gone on to win. Um, and then I've jumped off ship twice. So I'm down the gutters. I'm down the gutters. But I had an inkling she was going well, but um, probably not this well, to be honest with you. She won a group one race. I didn't, I didn't think she was capable of doing that again, but she's already done it once. But yeah, um, I'm a little bit gutted that Mawunga scratched. I'm a little bit gutted that I'm kind of a little bit in a corner here, but I'm going with Colette. I'm going with Colette. Um, I just thought that last start run was too bad to be true. Um, I know it says she never saw daylight and inconclusive and blah, blah, blah. And she looked to be held up, but I don't, even if she was, how do I say this? I don't think she was going well enough to get out of that gap in the first place. Um, mm. But that's just my opinion. I, I, honestly, you know, when a, when a horse is held up, like Juaeus is the, the perfect example. She was held up worse than what Colette was. And mm. Colette was the reason why Jewess probably didn't even win the race because she was behind Colette the whole time. So, and she was able to, you know, scoot across heels, go to the outside and, and beat Colette home. But in saying that, I just thought for whatever reason, maybe Colette was sort of ridden out of her comfort shell. Uh, being pushed to just box seat behind the leaders, but she was just heavily backed on that day. Can't get that yeah. out of my head. Chipping Norton form has to be the form in this race. I know a lot of these horses come out of group one races and whatnot, but if that is not the form line, I'm not sure. It's the strongest form line. You've got obviously the Melbourne Cup winner. She's ideal. Didn't excel last week down in uh, Melbourne, but she's a quality mare on a day. And obviously we saw Jewess go out and win and there's been another winner of the race since. So, Colette, James McDonald steps on board, which is a big tick for me. A big tick for me riding for Godolphin here. But to be fair, he probably doesn't really have any, any other horse to fall on here. So um, I'm with Colette. Sounds like you're in agreement with me by the um and R in the background. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, uh, I were you team Moonga before or were, you, or were you always team Colette? No, no. I, as soon as I looked at well... Yeah, no, I was I was always Colette, but I was with her last start as well. Um, I was kicking up for her over the sixteen hundred. I thought that was um, that first up run behind Think It Over was a really nice run, and obviously we saw very elegant run, like one of her worst ever runs in that race, and then come out and win um, last time. And I think I, I, I had a li- little bit of a different perspective on um, Colette's run last start. I thought that she was pretty brutally unlucky and. The way I looked at it was if you've got Juace getting basically the same run behind Colette and then actually getting out and getting room and then being hard ridden, like if you watch the replay back, she was absolutely smashed. Like the jockey was all over her to get her going when, when she came off heels and, and, you know, she did show an extreme, extremely absurd turn of foot, Mm. which you don't often see. And it's hard to say whether Colette would or wouldn't have done that. But the fact that, she didn't even get that opportunity. And then the horse that was behind her, Juace, who was, what, 61 bucks in that race, ran, ended up running fifth and storming home and then won last time down in Melbourne. That, Like you said, that's got to be the form. It, has, it just has to, in my opinion. And the fact that she's drawn well again, gate three, J-Mac on this time, I think that, like you said, Jace, that's a massive, massive plus. Um, Tim Clark's no slouch, but J-Mac is definitely an upgrade, especially the way he's going lately. Um, I think the $5 is really decent as well um the only other horse that i well yeah the other horse in the race that i was having a look at was private eye i thought the first up run over 1300 was pretty good um even even though he lost by what was it for 4.3 it says here um he just got really really far back from from gate six i think gate one this time is going to be a completely different story the the way he jumped first up over the 1300 now now up to the uh what is it the 1500 with gate one, he's definitely not going to end up dead last like he did last time. Um, and I th- I'm pretty sure he was pretty much three wide last uh, as well and worked home really, really well. So um, that was a really nice first up run for me to suggest that uh, Private I will go well again. Uh, handles all going. And yeah, like I said, drawn gate one, going to get probably run of the race. So those are the two, I think, for me, Jess. You have to agree with that. I thought Private Eye was was really good first up too, and he's he's definitely in contention to win here. All right, race eight, the Golden Slipper. The it, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to call this show yet. Am I going to call it the Golden Slipper Show or the All Star Mile Show? I'm not too sure. It's a bit of uh, money versus 
money versus um status type thing. You know, gold golden slippers just an absolute a marvel in Australian horse racing. Probably some would say the most important race of the year. So um anyway. Did I lose you there, Blake? No, you're still there, Blake. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so race eight, 1,200 metres, group one level for the Colts and Phillies. No geldings in this race, unfortunately. Uh, Gutta is the current $4.60 favourite. We've dabbled. She's drawn it out for James McDonald, Kieran Mart, Dave Eustis. And she's looking to make it four wins on the bounce to top all over to about $4 million in prize money. Do you reckon she gets the W here or are you playing one at a price? Uh, it's, I think, well, for me personally, anyway, it's very, very hard to go against the class for me. Um, and cool and clearly is that, um, so I'm going to say that she, well, she's easily going to be the one to beat. And I think that she will most likely get the W here. You agree with me, Jace? I have to agree with you. Um, I think we've seen throughout this series, it's just for me, Looking at down this list, I'm finding it really hard to get excited about anything else. And not that they haven't built a good record, but I just think a lot of them are plotters. You know, I just don't mm-hmm. think, I don't know if many of these horses are ready as two-year-olds. I think there's, I think Charlton out of this grade, I know he hasn't even won a race yet, but I think he could, he's a horse that potentially could be the best horse in this race as a three-year-old, but I just don't think he's ready yet. Um, and there's a few other horses in this race too. I just don't think it's strong. And I honestly cannot believe the price we are getting about Cooling Gutter. Um, if you look at her SP profile, she's gone around till a 40 favorite in the gym crack, won impressively, three wide, no cover. She went around $1.20 at Doombin. Um, she won impressively at day two because she got pressured the entire race. And she went on odds on favorite, going on only five in the Magic Millions. And now you're telling me we can get over $4 in a race where, yes, I know it's going to be a 16 horse field and it's a wet track and she's drawn out a little bit and high pressure and she hasn't raced in X amount of time. But if any stable can pull off something like this, it is this stable. They have done it with these colors, with Haitotsu, who was 1,600 up to 2,500, won at group level of Derby. I still can't believe he'd done that. But he <laughs> and he was heavily backed that day. We spoke about it last week, I'm pretty sure, the week before when he ran. Yeah. So they did it with him. It was like a month or two between runs. They did it with Sir Dragonet when he came for the Cox Plate. Mm-hmm. Same colors, same stable. So if any stable can do so, and I think this is a plan. I just don't, they've deliberately avoided the really wet tracks. Yeah. Whereas some of these horses, you might say they have fitness on their side, but at the same time, you, you kind of almost oh, it's it's hard the same that counts when you're when you're running, Jason. You can't be swimming; that doesn't count. Yeah. Oh no, it does. It, no fitness. It it does count, but you kind of can also explode the tires a little bit. You can burst. You can burst their bubbles. They're only two year olds, you know. Like yeah, that's, that's exactly. What pardon I mean. me, one second. Backing them up every single week isn't going to work. Let's just say that. Some of them will handle it. Some of them won't handle it. But um, I'm happy to be with Cool and Gutter here. I think the barrier is um, probably the main concern. But she comes into 11 here after the scratchings. Um, and, yeah, J-Mac being on board. Can't really go wrong there. And, and, yeah, I'm just not really excited about any of these other horses. Watch on Charlatan. I think $41 is absolutely ridiculous if I'm saying it correctly. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't really come back the same horse that he was last preparation. If you watch his runs in the golden gift and his first up run, it was uh, very impressive, but uh, have to be with cool and gutter here. You too, sir. Yeah, mostly. Um, I think out of all the other runners, the one to impress me the most uh, sort of coming into this race was she's extreme Thought the run on the heavy track last time. Um, that, those closing splits were really, really strong. And I did talk about her on the podcast uh, before that, for that run, which would have been last week, maybe. Um, Queen of the Ball was in the same race and was scratched, went to Canberra instead, won by 1.3, and now you're getting $23 Queen of the Ball, $7.50 She's Extreme. I reckon if Queen of the Ball ran in the same race, it would have been extreme with those, and potentially Queen of the Ball would have rolled She's Extreme. So um, those are those are just two that I think... Um, I mean, I don't want to say present the biggest challenges because it sounds like they're really good chances then, but maybe ones for exotics is what I should say. Um, they'll probably be the ones finishing second and third, I reckon. Yeah. All right. Do you want to 
going over any other runners. I don't think I really need to. I know I just don't. I'm not excited by any of these horses. They don't mm-hmm. excite me at all. There's no bivouacs. There's no exceedances. There's no animos, converges, halals. I don't mm-hmm. see it yet. I know they're young. I know they're lightly raced. I know there's there's more racing to come and they still have to prove themselves and blah, blah, blah. And one of these horses might become that horse, but man. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. If anything, Kulin Gatta, she's done nothing wrong, but we're getting double the price that she's ever started in her life, yeah. which is just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. But no, I have to agree with you. I think the Phillies definitely have the advantage over the Colts. It wouldn't surprise me if the Phillies went one, two, three in this race. Um, and yeah, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Look, there's a, what's that? What's this? What's that? No, 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 no. There's, there's more Phillies in the race than Colts, if I'm correct. Look at that. Yeah. Seven versus seven versus nine. That's a, that's a massive swing. <laughs> Not really, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Race nine now. It's called the Shelby 66 group one over the 1100. <laughs> party boy he's out every weekend what a call that was last week it put a smile on my face some guy called me that morning shout out to luke bramble he doesn't listen brambles gambles doesn't listen to this podcast at all but he called me that morning he's like shelby 66 he's a weighted certainty isn't he i'm like thinking i'm thinking you know what i'm just gonna pot him but like i'm like if you just we were shelby 66 last week if you just simply did form on every single run in his career he should have been 50 to 1 but if you just Mm. Basically, narrow it down just to that run behind Eduardo. Should have been odds on favorite, really. And the mm. way he won was like that. But uh, it is the Galaxy. It's not the Shelby 66. But if he wins this week, they have to change the name. There'll be a bloody position. <laughs> and I'm so glad that Mark Newnham scratched Splintex from the wide barrier because the first emergency, Shelby gets into the field to run fifth, uh, his fifth consecutive week in town. So, uh, so Blake, do you want to run us through the market here? We have a Queenslander that's favorite, don't we? We do. Heading the betting. Isotope mm. is, uh, was she, should sexy I say? Man. Sexy man. Yeah. Extremely talented. Um, very, very consistent stats and uh, has beaten good horses in, in winning as well. Most of those starts. Behind that, we've got away game, second favourite. Um, Shelby 66 as well in the market as well off the uh, very consistent now form. Brooklyn <laughs> Hustle's in there as well. Big parade. It's a very, it's a very, very deep field. If mm. I, if I do say so myself, you have got big parade, uh, Paleli or Palel, however you want to spit it out. In the Congo, overpass, Minaj, Ballistic Lover, Jamea, list goes on. But um, yeah, away from away from Isotope, it gets really, really close in the betting. Yeah. Well, if I'm being honest with you, this is the race of the weekend for me. Like I can't wait to watch this race. I've got some like around. Only agree. Yeah, I've got some of my my, my favourites. Brooklyn Hustle has been a favourite since she's ever laid foot on the turf. Uh, she's cost me that much money, but I really don't care anymore. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see what Shelby 66 actually does. If he wins, I've got to go absolutely bananas. Uh, won't even have money on him. Probably will pot him all morning, all day, but just, just want him to win. And, you know, you got Rule of Lose on fire. Minhaj is a first-up freak who didn't freak first up. But you got Pikey on Minhaj, which is just a spectacle in itself. And yeah, the list goes on. Isotope, she's resumed immensely at Gold Coast. Um, got a toot my own horn here, but I was heavily on her that day. She was my trial file. My, I think she was my best bet of the day or second best bet of the day, whatever it was. But yeah, that win was really impressive. Um, she kind of got everything to go away, but uh, she was just too good for him in the end. Uh, freshened up here. Uh, the drier the track gets, the better her chances get. I don't really like Karen McAvoy on board. I know he's a big race rider, mm. but... Um, I thought Mr. Golan could have uh, maybe networked a little bit better and got a got a stronger jockey on board, like a like a Jay McDonald. And for that, I think Brooklyn Hustle is a big chance tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I sound like a broken record. I sound like a broken record. Don't get me wrong, but um, oh, I know. She has to, I know. I know. I know. She has to defy the. <laughs> and you know what the worst want. part is? I can already hear what you're going to say next week on the bloody podcast too. Oh, get right, J Mac, you dog. <laughs> oh, I could just see a flashing home for a second. I'm just getting held up the entire straight. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is the absolute stupidest thing I do in my life. But Brooklyn Hustle, she is my selection this race. I haven't gone through this race in depth yet, but I just think at the current price, uh, she probably well deserves to be that price. But I, I just like Brooklyn Hustle on a slight on a track that has a bit of give in it. I think she's actually a really underrated wet tracker. She's never seen a heavy track, which 
I'm absolutely baffled at because if you watch her trials, every single one of her trials is basically on a heavy track at Cranbourne. And I know they're just trials, but she absolutely flies through the, for the track. So um, should we get back here? There's going to be high pressure in this race. Every galaxy is high pressure, high pressure race, um, especially a handicap like this. And we got J-Mac on board. Like, I just hope he gets back to last on the rail and just rides for luck. And if he gets it, he gets it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And I'll just whinge if he, get, if he doesn't get it anyway. So I've got nothing else to do as a spectator. All I do is just whinge, whinge about shit rides. But um, no, nah, she was good first up, Brooklyn. She was, she was unlucky. Mm-hmm. I was on her again at like $9 or $10 and that hurt again. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll go again. We'll go again, <laughs> Brooklyn. What about you, Blake? Who are you with? Ah. Uh... I'm finding it really hard to uh, to convince myself not to go with Isis Hope here. Mm. Um, even though I just read out the field and said it was such a deep field. I, what Isotope has done or what Isotope continues to do is just run phenomenally well. Like, I don't think I've seen her run run a bad race straight out other than the time there was no jockey on board. That was <laughs> That's about the only time. But... um. No, she, I just, and barrier 10 for me as well. I don't even mind it. I think as long as she's getting the room she needs to, to finish off the race, she's going to be mighty, mighty hard to beat, I think. Um, that said, Shelby 66 knows how to fly, apparently. And uh, there's a few others in the race. Brooklyn Hustle. The, the concern I have with Brooklyn Hustle is that if there's one track, I no, yeah, if there's one track I had to pick where I wouldn't want her to see her racing or to be on her racing, it's probably Rose Hill mm. because out of any Melbourne-Sydney track to be dead last around the turn over 1,100 metres, it's probably Rose Hill. Yeah. Um, that said, yeah, you, you, I agree with you. There will be a lot of pace. Um, they'll, be going, they'll be going solid in this, but it just, yeah, it all depends how far back she gets, I think. And, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, just, I'm sick. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> Blame it on the coach. <laughs> uh, I'm just for a bit of hustle. She, she had there has to be a day if she retires without running a place in a group one. You if you look at her record, half her starts have been in group one company, and she is mm. unplaced in group one company. This would have to be Ooh. the sickest thing to ever exist in life if she doesn't at least run third in a group one race. She's come fourth, I think, about seven times. And out of those seven times she's ran fourth, she probably should have won every single race. <laughs> oh, I just waiting. For, we're just waiting for that TJ Smith Chautauqua. Oh, mm. I just, I, the day she does it, I'll just bust everywhere, honestly. I've just been climaxing <laughs> everywhere. But uh, I, I don't know how she's not group one place. Like, uh, honestly, mm. every listener that's listening to this, I've just literally just talked over Blake here, but. And I apologize for that, but oh, go back and watch every great. single one of her group one races and you write down when she was unlucky and she should have placed. And I can guarantee you almost every single one of the races she should have placed in. Oh, sickening. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, She's yeah. never had the king on board. Or well, she did, but you know, never in his hometown, J-Mac. Mm, true, true. Home turf advantage, they say. Mm. Anyway, um, sorry, let me not. Yeah, anyway, back to uh, the ones that I'm interested in. I did say, yeah, hard to look past Isotope. I think It'll be rude not to have at least something on Shelby 66. Interesting to see what the marker will do with him because (laughs) (laughs) how could could he possibly start single figures in this race, Jackson? I can't believe it. You're actually entertaining picking a horse, putting money on a horse at group one level coming out of a class two highway two starts ago. Man. I know you love your highways, Blake, but did you see this one coming? (laughs) You reckon he was really improving? It's uh, sickening, Jason. It's it I don't know. It's I don't weird. know what to do because he beat a horse that if it was in this race, it'd probably be like a dollar twenty. Yeah. Man, you know what, what do you mean? do? But uh yeah, uh yeah, isotope for me, I think will be be my main my main <laughs> focus. And I also want to mention quickly Big Parade. He's mm. uh he's a very good first up horse, loves the uh little bit of give in the track, and he absolutely surged to another level last preparation so very interested to see how he goes his trial was just a bit i, I want to say plain but that makes it sound worse than it was nothing special but nothing uh worrying or concerning so just a little hit out in his trial um be very interesting to see how he goes first up so one i've got one i've got my eye on but yeah you could 
you could poke a stick at pretty much any horse in this field, even get down towards the bottom, like there. Don't know what, don't know where to look. Big parade. He's a dude. I love when he like comes into the mountain yard and he has like his little brow band and headband on with his, with his locks just flowing everywhere. He's a, he's a dude. But um, yeah, no, this is, I'll say it now. And Shelby 66, if it runs top three, bloody hell, I'll do a nudie run too. Like, I'm still waiting for Blake's <laughs> nudie run, but end of the season, I'll, I'll bloody be joining them. <laughs> it has to stop eventually. This is just ludicrous. It's ludic- I, don't, I don't know how it hasn't stopped, but good luck to everyone. I just, I love seeing it. I'll, I'll be cheering, but I just can't see how this happens. Logically speaking, there's just no way in hell. Yeah. Especially back on a, this isn't a heavy nine track. This isn't a heavy 10 track. It will not be a heavy track. It's going to be a soft track. So, um, I think all that advantage that he has had is gone. The, the thing he kick, has Shelby, favor, kick. <laughs> the thing he has in his favor is race fitness, and he maps absolutely perfectly once again. Low barrier, high tempo race. Like, oh, I'd love to see it, but there's just no way. Yeah, surely not. Surely Give him strength. Give him strength. Yeah. <laughs> Give him strength. That's the most, most contradicting I've ever sounded in my life. Anyway, JC trial files now. Bit of a spin this week. No trial files this week. I haven't got around to do them. Um, but we've got to head to Kembla Grange tomorrow. There's a horse I like in race three, number three, called Kips Bay for Chris Waller and Lee McGorian. So the little rundown of this horse is I didn't think he was much of a horse um, up until last start where he won quite impressively. The money came for him from every single angle at Newcastle. Scored quite well, two lamps, beat a horse by three and a half lamps called Ticket to Anywhere. This horse has since gone on to score as an odds-on favourite in a Gosford Maiden and absolutely bolted in on that occasion. As well as Deep Snow, who ran third, beaten, fuck, God knows how many more lamps, probably another six or seven lamps. And that horse has since come out and won a Newcastle Maiden too. So the form in this race has absolutely stacked up to a T. McGorian gets on board. Favourite in this race, son of Sanjiro, ran today at Goldwyn. So he'll come out of the race, uh, which means we'll probably be getting $3 tomorrow morning, but the race does drop off a little bit. Don't really like mentalism here. Uh, French Marine, just a bit of a plotter, as is Kennedy Choice. I think Kips Bay is the one with a bit of progression here, drawn out, which is a positive at Kembla Grange on a wet track. And yeah, that form of the race is just too good to ignore. He smashed them and they smashed more horses. So... Hopefully he smashes another few horses tomorrow. Blake, Hong Kong, Sunday, Derby yeah. Day. Yeah, well, uh, Kips Bay definitely had some of my money last start, but I've good win, eh? Good you know, win. It was, it was. It's just he's. Oh no! As long as he, as long as he does everything right again, because he's, oh, he's been a, a bit of a head case. He's, he's a been dog. a bit of a head case before, so yeah, you're not wrong. He is. He was keen. That's what I, I like. The like. It was sort of positive and a negative. Like he, he wasted his energy, but he was so good. But at the same time, I was like, is he going to do that again? And he meets harder opposition here. So will that be his downfall? But the form of the race is just too good. It's too good to argue with. He smashed yeah. them yeah, and they no, come out and smashed horses. So yeah. if you use punting form like Blake and I do, you click on your little, you know, you click on their last race and you click on, you know, results from that race. It's just been hot form, hot form race. Green, green, green. Yeah, correct. Blake, Derby Day, talk us through it. Yeah, big one. Big, big, big one Sunday. We've got the uh, the Hong Kong Derby. And I was saying to Jason, it feels like yesterday we ran it last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a big one. And all the uh, all the big, big four-year-olds going around again. So, California Spangle, Romantic Warrior, The Irishman, uh, Senor Toba. A lot of, lot of Australian uh, exports as well going around. So be very, very exciting to watch uh, watch that spectacle again. And I think I'm going to have to stick solid again with the Irishman. Uh, he gets up now to the 2000. So he's, it's just looked more and more suitable as he's gone on. Um, and now gets to the 2000 just further suitable yet again. So um, be interesting to see what, what odds we get. we got the... Uh, the local Aussie Blake Shin on board as well, the uh, the namesake. So hopefully he can get us home. But that's just one to mention in the big race. The uh, the horse I want to mention uh, to keep an eye on, um, not necessarily best bet of the day. It's in race one uh, by the name of Super Highway. Now he's had two starts for 10th and 8th. Doesn't look too good on, the, uh, on paper or on the laptop. But um, I, thought, I thought that first run, 10th, was much better than it looked, uh, looks on paper anyway. And he was 5.3. He was pretty well backed. So um, out of a great, 
great stable for for young horses, uh, Frankie Law, and um, he's drawn neutrally in, in gate seven, but he's one I've got my eye on uh, sort of progressing through his career. So third, third career start now, um, I'm definitely going to be following him and I'll probably be following him out of this race as well, uh, regardless of what he does, but I'm, I'm hoping for a good run here. So that's number 10 in race one, super highway. Beautiful. The listeners have just written those down in their little uh, notepad and they will be following with mm, a lot of interest Sunday, Derby Day, Instagram, Facebook, and Dabble at Campbell's Gambles. You'll find the Hong Kong Heroes card one, race one to 10, selections one to four. Now, I want to know your selections one to four in the All-Star Mile. So we head to Flemington now to race six over the 1,600 metres, wait for age race. They're racing for $5 million. And I'm pretty sure one lucky viewer or listener or whatever the hell it is, or voter, gets a crack at quarter of a million dollars if their horse wins the race. So it's a good initiative down there at Flemington. Um, I didn't vote this year, so I'm not really uh, I'm not really eligible to win that quarter of a million dollars, but uh, I should have voted because that would have been a pretty handy thing to get on a um, Saturday afternoon at 3.40 because so I had time to put it on Brooklyn Hustle later on But because uh, <laughs> I'm sticking ahead because it's got to happen one day. Um, Zaki heads the betting, currently around the $3 mark, and rightly so, he is the class in this race. However, he's drawn wide. Do you reckon that gate beats him, Blake? Yeah. He's called it. He has called <laughs> it. I have to agree with you. I think, he, yes, he is a class runner in a race, but, yeah, that gate is absolutely horrid, especially I think the mile start at Flemington, people got to realise mile starts at most tracks are very fair, but Flemington, no, no. They are literally mm-hmm. going around a corner for a God mm-hmm. knows how long. It's just, they literally, mm-hmm. at the 1400 meter mark, the course proper links up and it's, they're just going around a corner and a corner and a corner. You very rarely see horses that sit wide into the breeze like Saki could be doing, especially if a lot of pace drawn inside him go on to win races. So I'm against Saki. Uh, I'll let you go through this race, Blake. Speed map. What do you reckon goes forward here? Zaki pushes on from out wide. Yeah, well, I think I don't think they really have a choice. I can't really see him winning or potentially winning if he goes back. Mm. Uh, it's just the way. It's just the way he races, I guess. Um, it's just the way well, it is. Say. Yeah, uh, but plenty of plenty of speed, sort of all through the the um, the field here. But Mister Brightside and Streets of Avalon will both go forward from two and three, and they'll probably, I think, Mister Brightside will most likely try and hold out. Uh, the rest of them from gate two and with streets of Avalon on, on his outside, I think they'll probably do a pretty good job of holding the rest out um, or holding them off the lead. Tafane will, will sort of be thereabouts, but I think a few from wider out lightsaber, if, if he bloody jumps well enough, will will probably be pressing forward. Um, that's what he does every time. And call sign Mav as well. It's one that can go forward. Luna Fox sat close last time, but from gate 14, it'll be interesting to see which, uh, which way they go. They're going to have to make the decision pretty early in the race. So, um, yeah, I, I think with Mr. Brightside and Streets of Avalon drawn two and three, um, and if they do, like I said, kick up and, and hold the rest out, potentially uh, sets up the race for a little bit of a slow-ish tempo. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how aggressive the horses drawn wide like Zaki are to get to the lead or, or get a good position on the speed. Yeah. I want to ask your opinions on one runner here, Blake, just one runner. And then we'll get into my selection. Then your selection down the bottom pinstriped three-year-old. I'm hearing very, very positive feedback. What about you? Do you sit in pinstripes camp or do you see? I did. Oh, I did. did. I did until I saw, until I looked back at the, at the last run, It, it was a great run. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I've got an issue with three-year-olds in in races like this. Amen. Speak. Um, Preach this stuff. Preach. Oh. That's the first thing I'll say. And and even even being a three-year-old, I, I probably would have given him a shot. But in his last run, the way that race was run and sort of he, he, he had every right to be closing off how he was. And if you actually look at the times, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that, so you know, uh, it wasn't even that impressive. The uh, the closing closing splits of Pinstripe in that race. So I know he was I know he was held up like ridiculously, and 
the way he closed off under very little riding after he was held up for half the bloody straight, he looked like he might have won the race if he didn't have all that interference. But just purely on the times and the fact that he's a three-year-old coming up against this class with pretty much no weight advantage at all, um, or yeah, literally no weight advantage at all, um, I can't can't have him, especially at single figures. What's that? Eight bucks. <laughs> like. Will you let your co-host go off the leash here? Am, am I allowed to go a bit a bit sane or here? Uh, not that I already Sick have. Sick him, Rex. Sick him, Rex. Okay. All right. <laughs> so every single one of you that want to get on Pinstripe tomorrow, you can bet with JC bet and I'll give you double digits because this is absolutely ludicrous. He is a three-year-old that has had four race starts, carrying 56 kilos at weight for age, and he is like 6 or $7. This is just stupid stupid look at the horses that are double the price in the market as if Tafane carrying one kilo is $16 double the price of him a four-time group one winner carrying one more kilo than him what what <laughs> what are people looking at how is this, how is this race even I, I've heard it all week every single person oh I don't mind Pintrub is a good horse I'm not saying he's on a good horse but have a look at yourself in the mirror like, this is a weight-for-age open-class race. This is not his race. I don't know why people get on him. Even if he wins this race, this is still not his race. It's just it's just ludicrous. And as you said, the race that he ran in last time set up for him to run on like that. Yes, he was unlucky. Yes, he probably should have won the race, blah, blah, blah. But they went like some nine or ten lengths quicker than standard yeah. to the 600. He had every reason to run on like that. And his closing split, as you said, was only a 12.64. It wasn't even that much similar to lightsaber that was on the speed, yeah, and, that, and it was slower than the other. It was slower than the other horses in this race. The, oh, proven, get I don't even want to get. I don't want to even get started into it. I think with him in the market, it's a race I want to bet into because mm. there's value everywhere you look. And I think Zaki's yep. same being Zaki. He's the best horse in this race by maybe not a furlong, but enough. But at the same mm. time, he's drawn wide. He's got to get a sticky run. There's there's speed in yeah. this race. They're going to go forward. They're they're going to keep him out wide. They're not stupid, these jockeys. That They'll play jockey and they'll keep him out wide. I'm going with Cascadian here. Huge price, but I love the setup here. I love this setup. I love him back to 2,000 meters. I think that Australian Cup form will hold up here. As we know, Jewess is flying. Think it over, is flying. Spanish mission ran third in the Melbourne Cup. So he's coming out of a pretty strong race. James coming set up here, back to 1,600 meters. But this is a fastly run 1,600 meters. He's going to have the fitness on his rivals. Draws perfectly in barrier six to stalk and midfield. Damien Oliver sticks on board. We're getting $17, about a group one winner. A big, 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 what, what, do, you, what do you even call him? He, he won, what do you run first up? There it is, CFR stakes, group one level. Came third behind Tefane. Against the pattern on that day. I remember we were talking shit about Cascadian, remember? I was like, yeah. how the hell did Cascadian at $13 or $15, whatever he was, beat home Sierra Sue on the inside when the track was buggered up. And then he went on. He won as a $2 favorite. I, I didn't take the price. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't trust him at that price. But he did that. And it was the fastest last 200 meters of the entire day over the 1,800 meters. Like, come on, people. He's had five starts at this track. Two seconds, two thirds. And I'm getting almost three times the price for him than pinstriped. I'll give it up. I will give it up. This Galloper beats home pinstriped, in my opinion. Anyway, Blake. What's your selection, sir? Anything but pinstripe. Don't please don't please don't wind me up. Yeah. Well, like we've we've pretty much singled out the two runners that I want to look at just by by eliminating the other two that make up the top four in the market. And I, I think that's the smartest way to go about it. Zaki is probably unders at that price, given I think we didn't we didn't mention anything about his last his first up run. He got pretty much the ideal run that you want, oh. you know, any horse wants. Barrier one tempo ever leaders back. <laughs> straight like literally got a gaping wide gap to come through shot through it and was still beat by inspirational girl still got beat zaki beaten by and now you now you got you know gate 15 doesn't get up in trip obviously he's going to be wanting further later on in the prep i don't think it's a very good setup at all um with all those things considered so zaki two dollars 80 i think is unders for me and we already potted the shit out of pinstripe so if you take those two out you end up with inspirational girl and I'm thunderstruck heading heading the market and I think I'm thunderstruck is a very very nice price at seven dollars fifty. He's got mm. barrier one like 
yeah, okay, he's you know he's not he's not a horse that that can kick up and hold a really good position, but he's got barrier run one regardless. You know for certain he's not going to do any work in the run. All your back, all your backing, is that he gets a gap in the straight or around the turn, and I reckon if he does, he wins this by a couple lengths straight out because the way he ran last time with plenty of interference was was really really a good sign to me and i didn't like him that time because he, he ran 1400 first up and i think i can see where price and kent have gone with this running him again over 1400 wait 100 waiting for him to get up to the mile in this race because i think they've they've targeted this race for him and he's drawn well dry mcneil's aboard there's a lot to like about i'm thunderstruck now getting up to the mile in this race so i'm thunderstruck's my main pick here and i think inspirational girl will run a nice race again from barrier four i just think i'm thunderstruck with with the way he went last time can uh can win this race though all right we'll move on from that race it's just it's gonna be a bit too bit too uh worked up that one jesus christ getting fired up jace i just i just don't like stupidity you know if that horse... <laughs> no well, how is that horse six dollars it was paying the same price in a group one race in his own age group when they're all it's wait for age. And he's paying the same price against proven group one horses. Like every single horse in this race has won a group one, I'm pretty sure. Or like at least gone close in a group one, you know? So yeah. mm-hmm. what do you got? I'm Thunderstruck, group one winner. Zaki, group one winner. Cascadia in Streets of Avalon. Luna Fox won a group one. King Magnus, I don't think so. Calcine May probably has in uh, New Zealand. Mr. Brightside hasn't yet. Ice Bath. Hasn't yet, but she won the invitation. Tafane obviously has. Sierra Sylvie's has. Inspirational Girl has. And Captivant has. And Lightsaber hasn't. But anyway, I just went through the whole field. 90% of them are Group 1 winners, yet they're double the price that a horse that all he has to his name is a Group 3 race. You know? So anyway. Anyway, we'll move on. We've got the $100 competition, sir. I need your... Uh, $100 for the George Ryder. Or what are we doing with your $100, sir? The George Ryder. I am going to be having 50 to win Colette, 50 to win Private Eye. I'm going to have 100 to win on Colette. Golden Slipper. Golden Slipper. <clears throat> win on Cool and Gatter and the Golden Slipper. Straight out, 100 to win, eh? Great out. I don't think there's much left race. Yeah, well, I tend to agree. Um, same thing, looking towards the top of the market. But I want to have a little bit on She's Extreme, so I'm going 75 to win Cool and Gatta, 25 to win She's Extreme. Alrighty, the Galaxy. Who we got, sir? Who have we got? 50 to win Isotope. And just out of suspicion, big parade, I'm going to go 25 each way. Right, I'm going 40 each way on Brooklyn Hustle. And just in case they don't absolutely go like the clappers, I'm going to overpass. Things come back a very nice horse, this bloke. Barrier one, Tim Clark, down there, $20 on the head just to get me out of jail. All-star mile, sir. All-star mile. Who have we have? All-star mile. Well, we uh, we spent plenty of time talking about this one. And the punters, will def- the listeners will definitely be knowing uh, who we like. But I'm going uh, 50 to win. Oh, I'm going 50 each way on Thunderstruck straight out. So I'm going 50 each way straight out on Cascadian. Um, but I have to agree with that on Thunderstruck comment. I was pretty sure I backed him first up and second up. I'm, I'm not sure I had money on him. I, no, I didn't have money on him. I just I, I had my hundred dollars on him, not my own money, but the fake money we put up. But uh, yeah, no, this is the obvious, obvious target race. And you know, it might sound stupid, but I would have liked to see him draw out a little bit. It sounds a bit dumb. He's drawn one. And I'm, all, I'm yeah. nine times out of 10, a person that likes a horse, even if they get back to draw inside and outside because they can kick up. And this horse can kick up. I just, I just think he's a big striding thing and he needs a bit, a bit of space. Yeah. Yeah. Could I definitely, would have, definitely would have preferred sort of the, the four to six range, but I mean, that's ideal. And you're getting really picky there. Like barrier one, like I said, he's not going to do any work at all, regardless of where he ends up in the run. It's just, right. he's just going to need luck in the straight. So I just want to watch what happened last time. That was disgusting. <laughs> But no, no. If if the if the heavens open up, he he is the horse to be. I have to agree with you. But I'm getting almost three times the price for Cascadian. I really like the setup. I think that really works in his favour. The fitness, and I'm having 50 each way on him. Best bets. Anything we can see the punters in before we leave this long podcast. Uh, tough one, tough one. Big big races this weekend. Yons dollar thirty. <laughs> um, you want to get? Yonson the very elegant. Yonson the very elegant. 
I got it for you. It's done. We're done. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a done multi there. That's that's it. Signing off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm having a bet tomorrow at Kembla Grange. Uh, Chris Waller's got two horses in race four. Vivid Flash being one of them and Aaron Moore being the other horse. I think both horses are very smart and two, we can follow through the preparation. Um, however, I'm, I've got a slight lean towards Aaron Moore. I uh, thought she was very good first up at Canterbury uh, on a wet track and probably just beaten by by a better ride, really, on Reese Jones on Ruby Kisses. Had the rock hard fitness on its side and sort of kicked away. Um, steps up, or no, sorry, stays at 1200 meters here, gets to a, a fairer track in Kemble Grange. McGorian sticks for Waller um, and has form, obviously, around Espiona last preparation and won its maiden quite well with four subsequent winners since. So, uh, races three and four at Kembla Grange. I'm hoping for a Chris Waller and Lee McGorian double. All right. Do we actually have a best bet, Blake, or just, just want to? You got things to do tonight, as do I. But yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I've got a couple black bookers that are that are interesting, but I haven't really had enough time to look through them specifically. I've got one at Geelong Race Four, uh, number fourteen, Jennifer Wish. Oh, I really think she's. I really think she's got ability. The three year old. Um, she needs a bit of time to wind up, but um. I think, yeah, easily winnable race um, the way she's been going. So one to keep an eye on anyway. She's a decent price, $3.80, second favourite. So. I love that, Blake. That's so sick of you. It's so good. I love a provincial Saturday when everyone's focusing on the big races, especially group one races. Like we got Aaron Moore in a benchmark 72. I mean, she was like a horse that they were thinking about going to like lower level fillies mm-hmm. and fillies yep. uh, group uh, group three races and listed races. And now we find her in a provincial 72 at Kembla Grange. So... Anyway, yeah, I don't definitely. Know. Hey, what about that? What about that Tamalade? I remember you kicking up for that horse in in some some race. When, when was it? When we the last wave. Run? The wave. Yeah, that one. It ran well. What's it done fun. since then? Bloody hell, Jason. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I know the superstar, mate. I've been on it every time, oh. and it's in the black book. I'll be on it again. Is it running tomorrow? Is it running tomorrow? It is. It is. Four dollars. Gold Coast race four. There you go. Oh, shout out to Nathan Palmer, by the way. He doesn't listen to this either. No one really listens to it. But uh, Josh Harrison listens to it. Josh Harrison messaged me just then. He's like, oh, I'm driving home from work. Where the hell is my podcast? But uh, sorry, Josh, if you're listening now, shout out to you. But uh, Nathan Palmer, Remlaps Gem. We want him first up at Campbell's Gambles. 900-meter specialist. He is the nature ship over 900 meters. He's running at Gold Coast tomorrow. Very strong mail from the Palmer boys. Um, they've declared him, actually. So uh, they've got Kyle Wilson-Taylor on board, uh, 900 metres around the GC. He's already a winner, 900 metres around the GC um, on Magic Millions weekend. So he'll be hard to beat. And, um, yeah, it's just a bit of a theme of what I've been doing recently. I've been picking the right horses, but I've just been picking them at the wrong time, you know. Mm. Um, just jumped off. There's a lady luck one today at Goulburn. That hurt. So I backed her first yeah. up and I dropped off and she got heavily smashed today and mm. won pretty well. But, uh, anyway... That's a punter's story. If buts and maybe, <laughs> if buts and maybe's Blake, and I'm sure, I'm sure every single have had a taste of it themselves. So. Yeah, you beat me to it. All right, I'll leave you to it, sir. Best of luck. Huge weekend. Multiple group races across the grounds, and best of luck to the listeners. Thanks, guys.